0: That is definitely working smarter. And imagine what you can do with that power at your next tailgate party. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Find your local Ford dealer at Ford.com. Pro access tailgate available starting spring 2024. See owner's manual for important operating instructions. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average.
1: The following program is a podcast1.com production. He's a world champion wrestler, best selling author, actor, and lead singer of Fozzie. Now, now he's rocking the podcast world.
2: Yay! This, this,
1: this is Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho, starring Chris Jericho.
0: Welcome to Talk is Jericho, the pot of thunder, and rock and roll. Oh, the spell you are under. We'll be broken by Chris Jericho, and it's Friday. Let it it all. The remedy for boredom has arrived Let's go for a ride He's the man called Sting He's the man called Sting He's the man called Ambrose, And he's got a normal-sized nose He's the man called Sting He's the man called Sting He's the man called Ambrose any spouse literal prose? Woo! All right, literal pros. You'll never hear that anywhere, but right here on Talk is Jericho. How in the hell are ya, Jericho-holics? Let me tell you this, part two with Dean Ambrose is coming up. We're talking all about The Shield. You'll also hear the real story about the Mick Foley Twitter feud, why that started, what it was supposed to be. We talk about the Attitude Era, how some of it wasn't all that great. Dean's Hell in a Cell match will be discussed with Seth Rollins, and Dean's got some great Paul Heyman stories of his own great conversation on the way with dean ambrose today is episode 99 next wednesday episode 100 who will the guest be who could it possibly be you people are
2: dynamite
0: we're gonna tell you at the end of the show but first I gotta say thanks to all of you guys for doing your holiday shopping through my Amazon links. It's the easiest way to support the show, and every time you use one of my Amazon links, Amazon kicks back a couple bucks to you to help us cover production costs. I got links for Amazon USA, Amazon UK, and Amazon Canada, eh? Just go to PodcastOne.com, click on the Keep Our Podcast Free banner at the top of the page, eh? Then hit the Talk is Jericho button. You can get all kinds of cool stuff on Amazon, like, for instance, the new Fozzie record, Do You Want to Start a War? It Bursting up the charts, such a, a, a huge, huge step for us. The new single is "Do You Want to Start a War?" The title track. Go on YouTube right now and watch the new video. It is amazeballs! Plus, you can get my new book, "The Best in the World at What I Have No Idea," the third best-selling uh, autobiography in my collection. You need to have this in your stocking stuffer. And listen, you can buy whatever you want. You can take care of your entire holiday shopping list at Amazon. You can find anything. You know that. And hey. Uh, the truth about my using Amazon links, you can buy whatever you want. won't cost you anything extra. No hidden fees or charges. So if you happen to be doing some Amazon shopping, you can help out the show in the process. Just go to podcastone.com. Click on the Keep Our Podcast Free banner at the top of the page. Eh? then Hit the Talk is Jericho button. Bookmark it so you can get to those links in one easy click. All right. We are currently on the road. It's a little bittersweet today because the Block Party Tour with Texas Hippie Coalition and Shaman's Harvest ends tonight. Tonight is the last show of this leg of the tour at the State Theater in St. Pete, Tampa area. Thank you, everybody, who came and saw the Cinderblock Party. Such a a killer tour. Last night's show in Orlando was amazing. Sold out the show in Fort Lauderdale. Sold out the show in Joplin. Uh, Kudos to all of you who came and rocked with us. And to all the the new fans we made, uh, thanks to, to joining the party. It is a party, and next year we are going overseas with the Cinderblock Party World Tour in 2015. We're taking along the Dirty Youth starting March 4th in Belfast, Ireland. Hitting Cork, Dublin, then going all throughout the UK, Manchester, Glasgow, London, Bristol, Brighton, Exeter, Southampton, Uh, so many, so many cool towns. We've played almost all of them in the UK, but we love to to play as much as we can there. Plus, we're heading over to mainland Europe, a couple shows in Germany, Uh, Munich, that's the uh, German pronunciation, it's not München. Also going to Rochen, we're going to Mannheim, Paris, Platin, Switzerland, All information, fozzyrock.com. Go there for ticket info and for Fozzy VIP tickets. You're not going to want to miss our VIP experience. It's one of the best in the biz. Ask around to anybody who's gone. We always have a good time with our VIPs, and we have a good time at all of our shows. Uh, You won't be disappointed if you do this VIP package. And one of the songs that we're doing live, which has become a big hit, is uh, uh, One Crazed Anarchist, which is funny because we've done a Fozzie F logo that's similar to Dean uh, Dean Ambrose's logo because he's got the anarchist gimmick going as well. So I thought it would be apropos on part two of the Dean Ambrose show to play One Crazed Anarchist from Do You Want to Start a War? If you come to any one of our shows, you will hear us play this song. It's a rocker. It's a pounder. It's an anthem. Check it out. Here it is. Crank it up. Yeah, that's a cranker, right? You like it? Hit us up on the Twitter at Fozzy Rock at TalkIsJericho and let us know what you think about the tune and let us know if you came to the Cinderblock Party Tour. Alright, we got Dean Ambrose coming up but first, uh, originally, earlier in the week if you follow at TalkIsJericho on the Twitter, you know that Egypt was supposed to be on the show. Uh, Had a little bit of a a falling out with Egypt. There's a little bit of a contractual dispute so Egypt will not be here this week. I apologize. He's a little bit hard to deal with now especially since he's had a little bit of fame and, and fortune and notoriety. Um, but what I did is I found uh, this website called therichest.com. And I don't know if it's if it's a uh, good website, bad website, whether they're making everything up or whatever it is, but I found this article. It's 15 former WCW stars. Where are they now? And I haven't read this article yet. I thought I would just uh, read it to you live here on the air and we'll find out where everybody is. So number 15, Bill Goldberg, And it says he hosts his own podcast. Well, duh, Who's Next is right here on PodcastOne.com. Go check that out. It says Bill's been doing Who's Next for a while. It can be found free on iTunes and deals with a variety of guests and topics from sports to movies to television. Uh, And to this date, Goldberg has still not ruled out uh, a return to the ring. Okay. Number 14, Sean Stasiak. He's a chiropractor and a motivational speaker. Nice. Uh, It says he became a chiropractor in 2007. And is currently working in the Dallas area. And he aspires to put an end to bullying with his goals to speak to young children in school. Okay? So if you're in the Dallas area and you want to do some chiropractic uh, care, go see Sean. Lex Luger works for the WWE and author. I didn't know he was in the WWE says he has written his first book in 2013 wrestling with the devil the true story of a world champion professional wrestler his reign run and redemption discussing the trials and tribulations lex uh, endured during his wrestling career and in 2011 he started to work for the WWE, working in their wellness policy working behind the curtain aiding the superstars with nutrition how to maintain a healthy body well that's interesting okay uh best of luck to lex Dean Malenko, road agent for the WWE. We all know that. uh, He's my road agent whenever I'm there because no one else will deal with me. Everyone else thinks I'm a pain in the ass except for my old buddy Dean. Conan works for AAA in Mexico and is the co-host of the MLW radio podcast. Okay, Uh, you can, uh, I don't know where you can find MLW, but just go Google that. He's got his wrestling radio uh, podcast, and he works as part of the creative team in AAA wrestling, and I believe he's involved with Lucha Underground as well, which if you haven't seen it yet on El Rey Network, you should go watch it. It's very cool, very different. It's Pure Lucha Libre. My buddy Chavo Guerrero works there, Uh, Talk is Jericho alumni, as well as uh, John Morrison. He's Johnny Mundo. Norman Smiley. Remember the, uh, what was this thing called? The, The Big Wiggle. He's a WWE trainer in the FCW division. He might be a good guest for Talk is Jericho. I might try and get him. Um, He's behind the scenes. He's a trainer in FCW slash NXT, and he gets great reviews there. So he's my buddy. I actually helped him get that job. He's a good man, great worker. Crowbar. Remember him? He's a physical therapist. Okay. He uh, has focused more on his career in physical therapy after leaving WCW in 2000. In May, he opened his own physical therapy practice, which has done tremendously well. All right, good story for uh, for Crowbar, whose real name is Chris Ford. Good old Ski of Own Tony Schiavone, baseball play-by-play broadcaster. I've heard that he's a commentator for the Gwinnett Braves in the International League, uh, and has his own radio production company, Blind Dog Sports. And uh, he enjoys the play-by-play aspect of uh, of, of, of doing baseball. I believe uh, he's with the Gwinnett Braves. All right, Chuck Palumbo. I know a little bit about Chuck. He's a, he's a motorcycle builder, musician, and gym owner. I know Chuck plays guitar in a pretty killer band in San Francisco. I believe it's called Three Spoke Wheel. He's the guitarist and backing vocalist. He builds motorcycles and has created motorcycles for several WWE superstars, including Batista, Rey Mysterio, and Chavo Guerrero. Uh, what it began as a passion turned into a full real-time business called CP Customs. So if you're in the San Diego area, look him up. Ernest Miller, actor, karate teacher. I remember Ernest was in The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke. And he's also a karate teacher, which he started doing. That's how Eric Bischoff met him in the first place. Lance Storm, owner of the Storm Wrestling Academy. We know that up in Calgary. If you want to uh, check that out, you've got to Google the Storm Wrestling Academy. It's the only wrestling academy I endorse. And yes, to answer your question, Lance will be on Talk as Jericho. We tracked the interview already. It's amazing. It's a two-parter. It's just a matter of finding the right spot for it. But you'll probably hear it within the next month, I would say. Jericho. Sitting here with Dean Ambrose as we continue our conversation. All I want to talk is Jericho. So how did you like working with Dusty Rhodes during developmental? Did you learn a lot from him?
3: (laughs) Yeah, like, uh, see, I never liked doing, every week we have like, you know, art of communication with Dusty Rhodes, which is basically like, yeah, everybody comes up and does like a minute promos or whatever. Wait, it was called art of communication? Art of communication was Dusty Rhodes, which they probably still do down there. And, uh, I'm sure it's fine for some people. And and they, you know, they film them and they send them to the office and come up with ideas and stuff, mm-hmm. I guess. You know, so I guess there might be a benefit. But to me promo class is my hell. Hmm. I don't want to be there. I think it's stupid. I don't think this is even a thing that should be done. Hmm. This is not how it's done, you know. <laughs> and I, th- this is the part of the developmental that I really like revolted against I was not into it I felt weird and I kind of refused to participate like I would come up and just like make a stupid like I would never do anything real I would it was was probably my worst like attitude that I had would be on those Wednesday mornings I'd be sitting there like this is stupid Christ what would you have to do they'd
0: like, say go up and cut a promo on yeah, and I would come anything up, or? yeah and
3: I would come up and just make like jokes or cut a promo about McDonald's or mm-hmm. some you know whatever or it's, it's yeah I literally yeah just literally like like trying to show them that I was putting in no effort on purpose mm-hmm. and just bearing myself further <laughs> for whatever reason but I just couldn't I couldn't take it seriously because I just thought this was so, such a stupid idea like this is not how promos are done <laughs> but then I go on the TV show and i can cut a freaking promo right. so i'm like so they you know i can but i'm intentionally going like i don't need to do this this is how i'm going to show you which is just how i handled it at the time so that was you know his role in the training but he booked the shows at fcw now i'm actually real proud of a lot of uh a lot of the work that i did in on, on the tv shows at fcw because you know i didn't know if i was ever gonna get out of there and as mm-hmm. far as i mean this is a stop on the way but uh you know we had a chance to do some really cool stuff and a feud was set there i had a feud with uh william regal there that mm. was like where we had two matches but it was one of my favorite things i've ever done you know and probably nobody ever not really a lot of people it, not, not a lot of people have seen it but uh it's kind of one of the things where when you have the final blow off thing and it was the last our, our blow off to the feud was uh the last match of the last ever fcw television show and it was one of those things because NXT started right after that. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things where you know, I mean, it's only two hundred people in the building, but you know that's what everybody came to see, kind of thing. Sure. And it's a different feeling, and it's a satisfactory feeling, even if it's on a small scale, where like mm-hmm. you know you've like built to this thing, and it's like it's real to you because you've just put yeah. it there, you know. And uh, so being able to do those things and kind of having a uh...
0: because Regal Regal was a big fan of yours from the start. As a matter of fact, when I was so when would that be? What 2011 or so, 2012?
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: When I was still a heel and Regal came, was like, you know, you should do something with this Dean Ambrose guy. If they bring him in there, you should ask to work with him or something. He's like, he's really, really good. He he was trumpeting your, uh, you know, your your skills right from when he first met up with you there. Yeah, he
3: was really uh, vital to me, like you know, making sure that kind of elbowing people and being like, you seen this guy? Mm, exactly. There, you know? Like he was real. Uh, Keep an eye on this guy real vile to me in that sense and uh, probably a lot of guys
0: mm-hmm um Foley too though remember didn't you have some kind of a, like a like an internet like a tweet feud with Mick were you guys kind of working an angle or maybe he was working on his own but there was something going on there
3: it was gonna be a real thing it was it was that was the beginning of it being so a real they told thing. you start working on this yeah it's uh well the whole story is like uh, it was my idea and it was something that I uh I like pitched to do this angle with him like I, you know I have a uh, I'm of the generation of guys that you know grew up watching when we were you know 12, 13. You know, Foley was you know falling off stuff. Attitude. There was ECW and all kinds of stuff like that, and you know, in the indies and stuff. You know, dudes are you know falling off ladders and getting hurt, and you know, the kids are doing backyard wrestling and all that stuff. Emulating
0: hardcore wrestling. Yeah,
3: and like I, you know, I did a lot of a lot of hardcore core stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> before i got here like a lot and uh so and my idea for it was that you know mick influenced this whole generation of kids to like kill themselves kind of thing mm-hmm. and i was gonna like make him pay for it which mm-hmm. that was the concept and uh like hunter bought, like kind of bit on it pretty hard he liked it
0: so you pitched it
3: yeah and uh they were gonna and mick was into it and they were gonna go go with it and i was like oh my god this is That was going to be your debut. Yeah, like, because I was like, this is a good angle. This is like, it actually, in retrospect, it was almost like too real. You know, it could have (laughs) been backfired, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. But, uh, so they wanted to be like, they wanted to be, uh, unique and real or whatever. So they wanted, uh, wanted to start in like a Twitter war. And I'm like, I don't have, I (laughs) I never done Twitter. So they were like, we'll, we'll make one for you. So they made one. And actually, they made one for like all the FCW guys at the time to (laughs) try to like, because that, that was, it was like a top secret thing to try to veil it. And say, it would be weird if I just popped up on Twitter. They made all the FCW guys oh. get one at once and said, all the FCW guys have Twitter now. And I was just, I, w- I w- went in with like 12 other people and just kind of oh, slipped okay. in to make it seem less obvious. Yeah. Like that's how much thought was put into it. So then I have no idea how to use this thing. I'm like, uh, I'm like trolling people <laughs> and just trying to get people to pay attention to me and mm-hmm. follow me or whatever. And just I'm uh, fun with it. And then. You know, they give me ideas for lines to shoot at him or whatever and you know, I uh give him a couple of random insult tweets or whatever until people, you know, dirt sheets or whatever start biting on it like, Ooh Yeah. yeah, yeah. Young developmental jerk-off said this and <laughs> fully responds. And then started going back and forth a little more and there was a little bit there. And then we did this bit where like I would come up to him at the uh like the WrestleMania after party or Hall of Fame after party or something. And, like, kind of confront him and start talking trash to him, which we did. And it was, and people would film it on their cell phones or whatever. Wow. And it actually came out kind of cool. Like, I just walked up to him. And I don't even think I'd actually met him, like, face-to-face mm. face and said hello. We, I just knew, like, he was going to be in the lobby at such-and-such such time. And just go up to him while he's signing autographs and just... Start messing with him. Yeah, and say whatever you want. And I just kind of barged through everybody and started talking all kinds of trash and... Yeah, you know, in a it's pretty great. realistic sense, it was cool, and people were like you said, no, people no, were, filming
0: on their phones. Yeah, and nobody,
3: uh, yeah, and nobody knew who I was, so people thought I was really just some some ass, mm-hmm. just poking at Legendary, great Mick Foley. What are you yeah. doing? What are you, so people were like, get out of here, man! Get your ass out of here! How dare you! And I'm like, ah, and it was a really short but uh, cool, uncomfortable, awkward scene. Hmm. And I was like, oh, that was pretty cool. And cause I remember I was sitting at uh, catering the next morning at Access or something, Mark Henry, and somebody else. And he, he says, man, you what happened to Mick last night? Somebody come up to him in the lobby talking about you killed the business and you ruined a generation of kids or something. said, man, you, mo- you know what he should have done? Well, he just, I, I crack his damn head off I seen that. I said, Mick, you, you should have. I, uh, if we see him again, I'll take care of him. And he had no idea that it was me. Or wow, that it was that's a good end. Mark Henry, by uh, the way. <laughs> yeah, and it had, it had gotten around that it was like a real thing that happened. I'm just sitting there right next to him, and he has no like idea that screen. I was the guy who did it. Yeah, but I was like, it's working. But, uh, you know, essentially it just, when he went to get his physicals and... Oh, uh, uh, this was, is right when he had the yeah, concussions or uh, whatever. To get cleared to actually, you know, work the angle and work a, work a match. He couldn't get cleared, and that was kind of a... Uh, the end of the road for him. So it is. It's left to uh, to dream match. Wow. To dream match. Play it now, on uh, on WWE
0: 2015 on the video game.
3: Yeah, I mean it was this close to happening, but we'll never. We'll How did never you happen. feel
0: when when it when it went down?
3: Oh, I was I was pretty bummed. I was yeah. like, oh man, like, I thought I thought that was like the one. That was your perfect end. moment thing, but I was like, yeah, something else will happen, you know and it gave me enough buzz where it kind of made me a little bit uh more of a known kind of not yeah.
1: know you know
3: it just had to get more people talking about me a little bit more eyes on me you got some focus on you yeah so you know it there was a positive in it you know it gave sure. me a little give me a little uh a little steam a little more you know pre shield buzz you know so
0: then how did how did the shield come about then
3: we're at uh, tvs I was doing, you know, a lot of TVs and a lot of house shows. like. Uh...
0: Yeah, because I remember seeing you before that. I remember you, we were talking about your jacket or something like that. Remember? Like you had some kind of a jacket, like a leather jacket.
3: And yeah, I can't You were remember.
0: asking me something about what do you think I should wear or something. can't remember something. what you remember were talking that? about. Yeah. You wanted to get some, maybe some kind of a jacket made or something or... Yeah, we just, just wear a normal jacket, and
3: yeah, I guess we were just talking about cool jackets. Yeah, so yeah, so, we're, uh, we're guys who wear cool jackets. Yeah, so you know, you know we're we are we got a cool good jackets, jacket game.
0: Man. Yeah, it was a jacket conversation. How do you feel about this?
3: Plaid Actually, I like going it. He's got right a plaid now.
0: jacket. Kind of got a we call it a toque in Canada. Is what you're wearing right now is a hat. And you got the plaid jacket. Well, you know, you know what I really like. i noticing is your
3: belt buckle. Oh, first, you like that, dude? Yeah. yeah. At first, I
0: thought it was Eddie from Iron Maiden. Then it's a it's a skull wearing a cowboy hat.
3: Yeah. Well, actually, I got it for a Halloween costume. Okay. So it was I was a dead cowboy. Nice. And then I was like, you know, this is pretty cool. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep this. I like it. And a lot of people are like, oh God, that's what do yeah, you wow. like walking around with this giant cowboy belt buckle? But I'm like, I don't know. I kind of like it. And I yeah. find that you know a belt buckle will really set off the whole outfit. Like you can wear a t shirt and jeans. But if you got a sweet belt buckle, it's instant biz cash, you know?
0: Instant biz cash.
3: <laughs> this thing, I wasn't sure how I felt about it because I was like, I don't want to look like I'm from Portland or something. Yeah, like, but it's like it a was... Daniel Bryan kind of thing. It's the first time I've worn it, actually. It's but, a, you know, a green plaid yeah.
0: flannel shirt. I like it, especially since it's raining. It's pissy outside because we're in Scotland and Glasgow.
3: Yeah, it's very it's, very it's warm, it's... comfortable.
0: I wasn't thinking grunge. I'm thinking it's just kind of a cool uh, It's a cool look because no one's wearing it right now. You're bringing it back. Yeah, it might uh.
3: Yeah, I might keep this in the regular rotation. Do it. Yeah.
0: I think so. Maybe even wear it on TV.
3: Maybe. I think
0: that could work. And All the right. toque, like with the toque. Make, maybe make a Dean Ambrose toque.
3: Yeah, I, so they probably have one. Double, you, know, I, you know, it's funny. I love shop. the, the Dean
0: Ambrose anarchy sign. Our, uh, on our new Fozzy record, we have a song called One Crazed Anarchist, and I made a design before I knew yours, which is the anarchy sign, but the two lines go off, so it looks like an F. So it's the oh, F nice. anarchy sign. So people are like, that's Dean Ambrose's logo. I'm like, well, I didn't steal it from Dean. It's oh. Sex Pistols, man. I'm sure there's enough room for both of us to use it.
3: Okay, I didn't make up mine either. Somebody <laughs> else designed it. I don't sign any of this stuff. So nobody get mad.
0: No, it looks good, though. It's nice. Yeah, it's good. So uh, so we we're talking about the shield. You're doing TVs. Did you um, ever think at some point, like, am I ever going to get out of here? Or were you still cool being down in FC Dub?
3: Oh no! I was like starting to lose it a little Get bit. Get me the hell out of yeah, here! Yeah, because I kind of thought that maybe my uh, my uh, opportunity had passed, kind of thing. And right. uh, I was, you know, they, I wasn't on any of the NXT TVs, and it wasn't on WWE TV. So there's a period of time where I was just kind of like in a weird limbo. Mm. I was not on anything, and mm. uh, was like, doing house shows, and you know that gets old after a while because you nobody knows who you are. So right. Every That's night, hard. Every single night's like who's this guy uh, and you're like ah but you know so it's cool because you're working for wwe but it's like god was every night actually there's a funny story about that it was uh the first time i ever realized that like the paul Heyman kool-aid mm-hmm. is a real thing mm-hmm. and you got to be wary of it i guess you know not that you know nothing to be wary of but uh i was it we were somewhere like house show in new york or, or something I think I was Wargo McGillicuddy at the time, mm-hmm. Curtis Axel. But I, I had a house show match, and uh, Heyman was there, and he's like, "That was a great match, good, good smart match." But yeah, that was you know whatever, cool, yeah. Good. And I'm like, "Yeah," I said something like, "Yeah, I mean, going out there every single night, starting from scratch or something." But th- you know, I just made some something like that, like, "Oh, thank you, yeah." You know, it's and stuff. Mm-hmm. We got to go out there and start from scratch every night, but and you know, it's cool. He's like, "Oh, this is the greatest time of your career. You're gonna miss these days." You're going to miss these days when nobody knew who you were. <laughs> the people come out, they want to see the stars. Um, where's Rey Mysterio? Where's John Cena? Where's the stars? Uh, yeah. You go out there every single night, and you get over. <laughs> I'm here every night. You come out, oh, who's this guy? Blah, blah, blah. And then you get over. Over. You're not going to have that luxury. You're going to be, there's going to be a time when you're, you're just going to walk out and, oh, DNA bus is here. It's a big star. You're, they're just going to want to see you walk around the ring and parade and do your entrance. You have to go out there every night. You're going to remember this. You're going to remember the man. You're going to look back and say, man, I remember those days when I used to have to go out there and earn it from the <laughs> first bump to the last bump. And I'm like, and I felt that like you know shot right in my butt just course through your veins the Heyman Kool Aid and I'm like yeah that's right and I wanted to like walk into Talent viewing and be like that's right big show yeah you're a big star but I go out there every night and I get over that's right I never want to be on TV ever again and then <laughs> then that wears off and then the next day you're like no actually I do hope I get on TV <laughs> that was but. Paul though at
0: ECW he backstage <laughs> like he'd have a team meeting <laughs> you are the misfits you are the lost island of misfit toys nobody else in the world will take you but I take you I embrace <laughs> you I love you because you work harder you're better WCW doesn't want you I want you WCW doesn't want you I want you like you say, when you're done you wanted to go out there and say like, you know I will cut your head off with a sword, you cut my head off with a sword, we make fifty bucks each, but it's worth it because Polly loves us. You know, that's exactly the same vibe, man.
3: Yeah, I mean he's 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 got that it's real, man. He can really he could sell you know, yes. snow to an Eskimo.
0: He should be a motivational speaker.
3: Yeah. You know? That you were there during like the coolest, coolest period to have been there, probably. Yeah, like, it was know, right
0: that- before they expanded and they got too big for themselves, but it was right after like Everyone wanted to go there. So I was only there for about six months in 95.
3: Yeah, and it was like the cool place to be yes, kind of thing.
0: Exactly. If you could make it there, you could make it anywhere. You yeah. know, like, like it was right after Chris and Dean and Eddie had been there. So I was kind of the new, like, you know, high flyer or technical wrestler, Dungeon Stewart guy. But it was really cool. You know, Taz, Sabu, Shane Douglas, Scorpio, Pitbull number two. He was awesome. He was a great worker, too. I got a chance to work with all those guys, and the crowds were hot. Like, they're small buildings, but they're sold out. Yeah. And the word got around. You know what I mean? It was like, it was like you said, like being an indie band where you know you're coming out of the scene like seattle or la in the 80s or whatever but this band this guy has some buzz
3: yeah that uh yeah. that period of time and like there and you know that whole period of time is like very fascinating to me that whole mm. like
0: did you watch ecw oh yeah i
3: yeah, was yeah. huge i fell in love with it instantly right, right. like the whole i started i think i started watching that probably i think you would have been gone but it was probably like Late 96 or early 97 yeah, was when i was gone, about yeah. 12. it was like kind of in the build up to their first uh their first pay-per-view, pay-per-view.
0: getting on tnn i think it was
3: yeah it was uh, it would come on tv in this little on this, some whack channel at like midnight <laughs> yeah. on a friday or something and i have to like mess with the antenna to like to see it but it was you know it was, like, <laughs> stand a, a certain way yeah it was like yeah. something cool was
0: going on but uh well when, you know it's one of those things that when they say it was a revolution. And and it kinda gets poo-pooed now, especially in, in our company. But if you were there, there was a revolution. It was really us against them. And the Paulie's speech, it's like no one else wants us, but our company's better than all those companies put together. And guys would, would wrestle above their means. Like there was guys that were the best that they ever were in E C W. You know, that they they went anywhere else and just failed. But there they were somebody and they were working and it was working, you know.
3: Yeah, like uh, you know, putting turd polish on guys, you know, right. Yeah,
0: but but they would start to feel like, okay, this is like I like this polish and I can live with this polish. And then when they left ECW, there was like you know just a turd again, you know.
3: Yeah, that's a good way to put it.
0: Yeah, so it was it was it was a real special place, but and it can never be duplicated again because it was. You know, like Kiss with the makeup or the Beatles or Nirvana. It's just, it was a product of his time. His people were just waiting for something. If you're a wrestling fan in the 90s, everything else kind of sucked. You know, there's something that you mentioned It's kind of funny that I agree with it to an extent. You were, the, you were talking about the Attitude Era and what everyone talks about the Attitude Era, but a lot of the stuff in the Attitude Era wasn't all that great.
3: Wait, I said that? Well, I read uh, somewhere
0: that you mentioned something like people talk oh, about the Attitude Era, but.
3: Oh, like before. Yeah, I think, I, yeah, because a few people asked me that. Mm. But, uh,. Well, a few. I got kind of lampooned a little bit by a few people. Like, dude, that was can't believe you said that. You talked all this trash, and I'm like, I didn't talk any trash. Like, I, what I think what I was saying, taken, you know, they take one little bite of what you're right. saying, and what I, the point I was trying to make was that you don't have to have a PG-13 or a rated R product mm-hmm. to have a good wrestling show. Right. You, know? you don't need a bunch of you know. But yeah, a lot of that back then, you know, it was like. really. Well, I'll, I'll say it myself. A lot of the attitude era sucked. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, I'll say like, it right now. I mean, okay. a lot of it was great, but I still remember May Young gave birth to a hand.
3: Yeah, that, like what is that? If that happened today, they people would be like, "Oh, this crappy WWE writing." Yeah, but well, and they said know, it happened.
0: then, but because it's 15 years ago, like there was the attitude era that was amazing, and there was the other part of it that was kind of crappy. That's every era of every company has that element to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think people look back sometime and kind of remember just the good. It's like an ex-girlfriend. Oh, she was so hot. Yeah, but then she ripped off your money and banged your brother, so she ain't all that hot. Oh, yeah.
3: You know? yeah th- there was a, a moment there where, the, where everybody was here. Like, mm-hmm. at the same time, you were here for that.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: It would have been like, you know, like the WrestleMania 17 kind of? Yeah. Like, 2000, 2001. Like, you, Eddie, Benoit, a Taker, Hunter, Austin, Rock, Dudleys, Edge and Christian, Hardys, Dude, and like Mick, probably Mick Angle. Angle, like yeah, Jesus, yeah, it was, like, it was, it was everybody, yeah. like ha, unreal to think about. It, it's know?
0: amazing if you look at some of those cards, like you said, because you had the guys that were really popular and over, and then you had all these other guys that were coming in at the peak of their careers, like you mentioned, like you know guys like myself or, or Eddie and Dean and those those type of guys, uh Benoit. So when we came here, there was. 12, 15, 20 guys that you could put in the main event any night, and they had years of experience. They were over. They could work with anybody, and they had a storyline and a character and an angle. It was a real interesting time. Like, once again, probably won't be able to do that again because the the drawing guys from Japan and, you know, ECW and Mexico and, you know, Europe, they don't really exist because those territories have closed or they're smaller now, you know?
3: Yeah, that's crazy to think of because you could take like any of those. Any of those like dozen guys I mentioned, and like yeah. they can main event a house show any yeah. day of the week. You could have you could have twelve yeah. house show crews running at the same time. That's if right. You had that. You know, at least that's one right. guy in the main event. You know, so. and that's
0: why it was so important that when when you guys came in as the Shield, you guys got the perfect push as a new act, but you you were worthy of it. But there's a lot of times new acts come in. And they'll be pushed for a bit and then they get kind of pushed aside and people forget about them or they start losing a lot or whatever. But the shield was pushed, in my opinion, possibly the best push in years. Like maybe like a taker thing or right from the start, you guys got a chance and never really had anything stupid happen to you, at least as far as I can remember.
3: No, I mean, yeah, there were maybe a few, you know, tiny little storms we had to weather here and there. But uh, we... uh. There are a few reasons for that that it worked out so well. Was one, I think, it was because it was the three of us. Because mm-hmm. that does happen. It seems like guys come in as soon as their initial storyline kind of fades out. Either they don't have anything else, mm-hmm. or and I feel like that's gonna happen more. You know, not to get too off topic, but I feel like that's gonna happen more with like uh, as they bring up NXT guys, teach mm-hmm. them how to work, teach them how to do a TV match, give them an entrance, give them music. They know. They do their routine entrance. They do, and they're like an act, and they're like a McDonald's toy. They're a very <laughs> pre-packaged product, and they'll come on TV. They'll get over, and then they won't know how to swim from there. Bingo! Which, right? because yeah, they don't more. have
0: the experience of how to continue to stay over or to get over in the first place.
3: Yeah, and well, I mean that's all a great thing, and you know will be used to create many big stars and so forth. Like I'm, like I'm not in. I was formed in the world. Through mm-hmm. real life experience and the in and out of wrestling, and like I'm a real life living breathing the person that you see on TV is me is you. essentially you know who's created from the ten twelve whatever year journey that it took to get here right and cause I, look, and I can swim from you know whatever you weren't only getting wrestling experience, you're getting
0: life experience too, yeah, being in all these places. So continue, so you can still swim on your own because you've done it before.
3: Yeah, so uh, yeah. So anyway, and like, yeah, like, with uh, our well, thing, we didn't know what it was going to be. We just show up, and it's like, uh, the original concept was, uh, essentially, we were just, you know, protectors of the CM Punk and the title. Because mm-hmm. he was on a long uh, long heel run with the belt, and, you know, needed to, I think, ry- it. Ry- yeah, I was right when Ryback was getting hot, and it was like, we need to, we need guys to throw in people's way and, you know, mm-hmm. basically give them, you know, a gang, of, like a a bunch of heaters kind of thing. Right. So that was, like, the original concept, but there wasn't much thought put into it. And uh, Why
0: you three guys? Was that ever discussed? Or they just said three is best and this guy, this guy, and that guy? Or had you been working together in FCW at all?
3: No, we were completely, mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we are me and Seth were kind of, like, the guys there. Mm-hmm. And... This was like a, uh know, yeah, he was their, you know, prime project kind of guy, but he was a lot less experienced. And, right. Uh, yeah, that was his
0: first territory, basically.
3: Yeah. And uh, Roman. Yeah. You know, I've heard different varying stories. Stories about exactly how everybody, you know, kind of got picked for it and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just know that we were there and they were like, here's what's going to happen, you know. And uh, eventually we'd all. Would become our own guys and stuff, but just nobody knew how we were gonna get there. And you know, you know how it is here mm-hmm. sometimes. It's just like day to day, week to week. There's no sure. huge long term plan. So we really, I mean, I uh, mean, Seth, I think in particular had huge chips on our shoulder by that point because you know I was starting to get frustrated by by not getting utilized. You know, and just yeah. sitting on the sidelines when you want to be doing stuff and you want to, you know wet your appetite and you want to you know you just want to get in the game you know yeah. just on the sidelines i want to get in the game you know Seth had the same feeling he, i think he felt insulted being developmental for that long mm-hmm. and uh uh Roman's looking at it like you know i got an opportunity to cash a lottery ticket more or less you know what i mean like mm-hmm. you know i got he's got a family and stuff and you know he's got a building first few, you know we, so we all took it very seriously like this is our shot like nobody's gonna screw this up for us yeah and we all had a respect for each other and and, uh, and a like of each other not that they were we were all buddies who hung out a lot and you know there's we're all so different mm-hmm. too which I, I think was what made it really cool because you know we're not comparable to each other That's We're right. all apples oranges and bananas you know so uh, but we all were like this is our shot and we all trust each other and believe in each other and we n- know that like. Um, we went into it with like a really an us against the world like we got each yeah we got each other's backs like we'll fight the battles we need to fight together Mm -hmm. like if if you got heat with Seth. You got heat, mm-hmm. heat, heat, heat with me. You got heat with Roman. You got heat with me. You got heat with me. You got heat with these two guys. Great. And we're like, we're like, we were like we do not care if everybody hates it. And we were warned a little bit, like you guys are gonna come in and take out a lot of top guys. Guys might not. <laughs> some guys might be a little resistant to this whole thing. And it was like a screw everybody. And you know, mm-hmm. we, and we were pasting dudes when we first, uh, from our very first, very first night in. I remember uh, Punk kind of pulling us aside and being like and Ryback was, you know, new and coming up at the time, too, and he's like, you know, people are going to be in his ear and telling him not to sell for you, and this is your first appearance.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Beat the crap out of him. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, all I needed to hear, and I was like, oh, yeah. they might be Somebody might be in Ryback's ear, like, and then right. so this is our mentality going forward every night for months, was, like, somebody might be in this guy's ear telling him not to sell for us and whatever, and yada, yada, and I'm like, you're taking money out of my pocket and trying to, Dude, this is my, my future career. Yeah. yeah so screw everybody we were like we were beating the crap out of dudes like that very first night we couldn't get to the ring fast enough we're like tripping on each other and just <laughs> pasting dudes just laying crap in so hard <laughs> and dudes are getting black eyes and you know lips are busted we got these giant heavy boots on we're not used to yet i mean we're just destroying dudes yeah know? right so, huh? like that, that was like the mentality we're like we're gonna be the crap out of everybody. But I think that intensity and that physicality is what made those that initial uh, initial push with us. I think you know, that's why it worked too because you know.
0: whenever I mean there was a time and I like when you someone would be in the ring doing a promo and then your music would play and people would pop. Like, uh oh, something's gonna happen. You know, and of course the guy would wait in the ring until you came down there and you know, whoever it was, whether it was Ryback or Cena or whatever. It was a real like almost hearing the the shattering glass with Austin years early when you heard that here we are here we go whatever it was, people were like oh someone's gonna get their ass kicked or something's gonna happen it was exciting.
3: Yeah, you know that's cool to have like you know trademark stuff like that. You yes, know what I mean? like, that's right. They, like that's one of the if uh, you know if I get hit by a bus tomorrow or whatever <laughs> then. I'll be a part of WWE history, in that at least you know that like right the uh, you know, the shield thing, they the come down and attack them was like a thing, you know. So yeah, it was a thing no, that kind people of cool. look
0: forward to. There's a big part of the show.
3: I never thought about that till just now. No, absolutely, <laughs> Yeah, cool. absolutely.
0: And then when you guys had your matches, I mean, you guys were a great unit. Especially I think about when you were working with maybe Usos and Daniel Bryan, maybe or I'm sure I I'm sure there's a lot of other ones that you can oh, throw yeah, out. there. Every
3: combination of every six man tag on planet Earth you could think of, but like we uh. Two and six, 6 man's like every week it seemed like so it was it started to become like a, a challenge to like you and know make to them all different yeah. and keep it fresh. Luckily we had Brian in a lot of those to like what a great I mean, performer he is. Oh yeah, so good and man you know, Punk in a lot of them mm-hmm. to like you know just just thinking of trying to think of all these different things Brian could do like you know just I mean, like thinking of Brian's comebacks for him you know because mm-hmm. we're trying to make it. Keep it as interesting as possible, so it's where they get so ridiculous. But it's like the fourth week in <laughs> a row, it's like, dude, why don't you double drop kick us and then run over here, hit him, run over here, hit him, dive on him, jump on him, do the and, and Brian's like, Jesus, you know, okay, well that's a lot of running around for me, but okay, you know. <laughs> like, like, so yeah, we, yeah, yeah. we uh, had that we in there like workhorse mentality, you know, we we're like on house shows tours, whatever it was, where you're like,
1: we're going to be the best guys on the show every night. Mm-hmm. You pretty much
0: were, I'd say, you know, know I mean? at least match-wise, you know.
1: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. People over there, let me hear
2: you! People over there, let me hear you! Wild animals in the middle, up top, make some noise!
1: Talk is Jericho.
0: All right, so I'm here with, with Dean Ambrose. What was the peak of the shield? Was there a certain angle that you guys did, where it was like, I'm trying to think of some of the guys that you worked with.
3: I I think our peak, if there was a peak, was probably our last night as a unit. You know, because I think that is the cool part. Because, uh, you know, a lot of people would be like, oh, they could have had a longer run and they should have gotten so much more, and they they stopped it when it was at its peak. Mm-hmm. But that is was kind of like the. In retrospect, probably the best time to do it because mm-hmm. there was no, there was never any downswing for us. We had uh, a match with Evolution, mm. and uh, oh, you know, okay. went like, yeah, I think we did, we did like the clean clean sweep thing of Evolution, which nobody expected, and like an elimination match, and it was, and it was and like, yeah, you can't get any higher than that. Right, take out Randy, Dave, and Hunter. Like we're, <laughs> you know, what I mean, it was like we were on top of the world, kind of. Yeah, thing. I think it was in Chicago too. So that was. That was it. There's there nowhere else to go. Mm-hmm. So,
0: when you first were told that the shield was going to break up, were you resistant to it?
3: Um, no, there was no resistance because uh, what we would have been. Because I mean, we just got off a of European tour. We were kind of headlining the tour, and like we're starting to see merch kind of start taking off and really starting to hit our stride kind of as like baby faces and like, it's really starting to work and we're like, Oh man, this is like a big deal. This is, this is going good. Like, yeah, we're to, yeah, all yeah, right. Let's, we're like ready to just like roll in the, roll in, in the, the spoils, right? Yeah. We're like, yeah, we've, we earned this, you know? And, uh, you know, we we've gone in and you know, the three of us and protested, Everything. If we don't like something, you know, it's like a we're we were like terrors to to them because you (laughs) know, oh god, the Shield's not gonna like this. You know, and then two seconds later, we're in the office. Uh, yeah, we don't like this, you know, kind of thing. You're talking the the, right guy with that. Not that we're like jerks, but you know, no, but you're standing
0: up for yourself, man.
3: Yeah, like they wanted us to. uh, I think it was like our second pay per view or third pay per view. It was like right before. Our first WrestleMania, mm-hmm. and it was like a six man on a pay per view, and uh, the finish was, you know, Cena over with the with the schmutz, mm-hmm. and we're like, "What?" It's it was like as soon as we yeah go down to John, we're just like everybody else because that's what he does to everybody else. And there'll be time where we'll do that all day, and that's fine. But like, we're not. Now. It's not today. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, why are we even here? Yeah. And so we were all like, we went into that pay per view that day, like we're not doing it more or less i mean we we didn't have to because there was enough options there was enough people on our yeah. side and stuff and you know it was brought up you know gotcha. but it was like one of those things where like we were always you know on the same side and like one for all, all for one like if we didn't like something it would be like nope not happening because there's three of us and mm-hmm. it's hard to gang up on all three of us so i mean we gang up on people to get our way kind of thing <laughs> and uh so anyway but they knew i think that if they told us yeah we're gonna break this up because they you know did it before and it didn't really kind of work out because they'd always go back to us mm-hmm. the breakup i mean anyway yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. i think if they'd have told us beforehand like yeah we're thinking about you know just cutting this thing off that we'd have been like we wouldn't have seen the forest through the trees kind of thing we'd be like what what are you talking about it's going yeah. so good yeah, yeah, yeah. we had new t-shirts out and we're like mm-hmm. super popular and like what's going on this is going so good why this is not the right time we got so much more mileage left than this we would have like gone in and caused a big stink, and it would have been like they would have had to talk us talk us, off talk the mountain. us down, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, so it was all decided, and we didn't get told until like right before the show. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah, they like brought us in, it was like dancing everybody, and, and it was like right to Vince, like not like yeah it so white just white right is, right to Vince, yeah. just right into the room, Vince says, this is what we're doing, and here's why. And we knew that there was no, like, fighting it, and we could tell that it had been hidden from us till then, and we're like, all right. And then, you know, explain to us a little bit more, like, oh, okay. I guess that makes sense, yeah. Because, I mean, essentially there was nobody for us to work with at Mm -hmm. that point. We beat everybody. So as far as teams. Do you
0: you think they waited until before the show on purpose because they knew you guys would cause a stink or have a time to think about it?
3: Yeah, because that way there would be no time for any resistance. So starting, here's
0: what we're doing, got we go.
3: This is happening. So it was like okay and then it's figured out from there but you know i mean it was very like abrupt it was very abrupt to us mm-hmm. you know? and uh but and we all because we all knew eventually we're all like have a million ideas for what we're gonna do we're gonna break up and we're gonna feud with each other and do this and that you know we have i mean of course we know that's gonna happen that's what we want to happen mm-hmm. we just weren't expecting it that day you know <laughs> so it was like oh okay uh it was kind of kind of a shock, but a rude uh, awakening sort of thing. Were yeah. you a little bit worried at
0: first? I mean, knowing how the yeah. how the company is, is very much behind Roman Reigns is, you know, the the, the the big man on campus. Were you worried that you and Seth would get lost in the shuffle or would be left as a tag team or something along those lines?
3: On the one hand, no, because it's like I got here and I'm in this position because you are I'm good you at what are. I do. Yes, and you know, same thing with with, with Seth. Seth. So yeah. we, we like we're I'm always like I'm going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you know, it's not a like I said, I I can swim, sure. You know? right. but at the same time, you also have to be, uh, to be aware of things like that and things you don't want to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, like I was telling the story. Like I remember, like in the like we did the Royal Rumble thing, where uh, like last year the Royal Rumble where uh, Roman came in and you know he got like a record of eliminations and stuff, and then it was gonna be, the, I think the original idea, and then it was gonna be like we tried to eliminate him. -hmm. And he held on and came back to eliminate us both. And as soon as I heard that, I went and I said this to Seth, and he was like in complete agreement. So it was like, as soon as me and you together try to eliminate Roman, the two as soon as those two small guys gang up on the one big guy, we're in a handicap match with WrestleMania, and we're we're Mm -hmm, screwed. screwed. mm -hmm. We're gonna be a heel tag team. We're gonna be working with like Los Matadors Mm in three months. As soon as soon as the two small guys gang up on the big guy it was like which we, and lose yeah which we never did because uh in any i mean we never we never got to that but we always avoided ever doing that in any of our like teasing the breakup kind of storylines because that is exactly what happened mm-hmm. whether they knew it or not i know that that's what would have happened sure of course and I, you know so in the fans
0: fact. eyes that's subtly what they would be thinking anyways yeah, yeah.
3: and the, you know it's not good for anybody you mm-hmm. know so we were like we're strongly of the opinion that I go a little bit off the rails, and I try to do it on my own. Seth gets mad at me. What What was that about? And he didn't have anything to do with it. Roman doesn't know any better. So it's like three different viewpoints, three opposing, mm-hmm. you know, th- three, three different personalities, which we always try to keep, you know, our our own separate roles. And like that was one of those things where it was like cut everybody in line, go right to Vince. Here's what we're thinking, and he was like, "Okay, cool, yeah, do it, do it that way," you know. And we're like, "Oh, okay." You know, cuz sometimes it's just way easier if you just go to them. Of course. All the time. But, yeah, but there's so there are things like that you had you had to you had to be aware of stuff like sure. that otherwise. I
0: know. think it was really smart though that they they had all three of you guys go your own separate ways because they went from a great six-man
3: team to three great single guys. It was the perfect way to do it. Yeah, I think that was always probably the... Uh, always the plan? Yeah, I think that was always the the hope was that, mm. you know, but, you know, if it was like, well, if we get at least, it was probably, they were probably thinking if we get at least one out of the three of them, mm-hmm. cool, whichever one it is, but, you know, we all knew that we're all, yeah can be top dudes, you know, That's right. so we're like, we all have huge egos, but then there was no egos in between us, because mm-hmm. we all know that we're all, we all have like a respect for each other in that way, you know, that... That kept it together.
0: But the thing is, too, I mean, whether the plan was for you to be babyface or, or organically just went that way, you know, the business is all based on timing, and it was it was not good when Us got hurt. But when he was out for a couple months, suddenly you were kind of the all eyes are on you, and you really got a chance to to get to the next level without really having to worry about being compared to anybody else. And I think you know that was one of those beneficial things that just happened by by fate.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know. in I never pictured my... In all of our, you know, dream scenarios of, you know, like, we'll break up and we'll feud and whatever, you know, like, the, I never pictured myself as a baby face. As the baby face, yeah. Ever. Because <laughs> every possible scenario of everything, I was always the... I was always evil. That's how I think everybody pictured it.
0: You know what's and, funny? I, I, can, I, I can honestly say this. I honestly was thinking you're going to be the baby face because... I thought Seth would be much better as a heel, because especially when he went with the Authority and all that stuff, it's perfect. Because he's got a gang, he's got a group, he can be the the, the hitman for this. For, he's got a mission. You had the personality, and I just I just always thought I bet you that's the guy that's gonna that's gonna be the baby face.
3: Oh, well, good call. It worked <laughs> out that way. <laughs> yeah. Good call, eh? Yeah, I wouldn't have fit like in the Authority where they did no, it. In the storyline. Not at all. Seth is perfect sense. for it. Yeah, you know. So it just it worked out. Okay, but you know, right around that time, or that was when I realized, like, I'm kind of being left to my own devices here. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, "Well, that's great. I'll just do whatever I want." Yeah. Cool. We'll see what happens. And you know, and then whatever I get, whoever I'm working with, whatever I'm, I just try to do it mm-hmm. really good and not worry too much about. Yeah. You know what? You know, I can't. I, I can't control everything. I can only control so much. Mm-hmm. I can only just go out there and. Not suck, you know, <laughs> that's all you can do, right? Especially, you know, I mean, there's changes and TV scripts, you know, the TV gets rewritten and, you know, plans change and people get hurt. And what I like, you can only control so much, you know, I can only yeah. go out there and well, that's all you're I can, control, just, your I can match, right? yeah, and it might be a, a segment that's really hard to make work. Mm-hmm. But as long as you don't suck, that's all you can do. That's all you can control. <laughs> just don't suck. You know, you might on. you might be doing a sucky thing. But as long as you don't suck, you know, then you can sleep well at
0: night. A lot of times you have to change things that suck and do the best you can to yeah, make them not suck, exactly. Especially in this biz. Yeah, you know. yeah. A couple more things I just wanted to say. How was it for you um, when you did the Hell in the Cell match, which I thought was a tremendous match of you and Seth? And I know earlier on in the day or in the week, I wasn't there at the time, but kind of the, there was a debate. Will the, will the last match be Cena and Orton in the Hell in the Cell? Or will the last match be Ambrose and Seth in the Hell in the Cell? How was it for you? Uh, well, first off, how early on did you find out you guys would be going on last? And how was that for you to be in your first WWE main event single match on the pay-per-view?
3: I um, didn't hear any of the debate or anything. I heard the night before we were on fourth. I said, fine, cool, whatever. Not my job mm, to put this together. Sure, can't <laughs> worry about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. like, whatever. You know, uh, And then I heard that day, 5, 6 o'clock, we were on last. So I heard... One way, and I heard the other way. I don't know what happened. Basically, a, you found out that day. I, yeah, I don't yeah. know what happened in, the in between or what mm-hmm. the arguments were, one way or the other. But, uh, you know, it's being able to, uh, you know, I think me and Seth look at it like Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose is as valuable as John Cena versus Randy Orton. Mm-hmm. Even though it's, you know, they're more, they're bigger names and they have more tenure and they, you know, probably have more, uh, you know, they're more well known and and so forth, and obviously they have a lot, accomplished a lot more. They're bigger superstars and whatever metric you want to measure that in. But to us, we're like, well, this is just as good or better. And like we would, uh, you know, even being you know enemies in the ring, we would. It's fresh. There'd be a. Uh, it's new. An unspoken kind of pride in that that like yeah, well, Rollins and Ambrose is every bit as good mm-hmm. and should be spoken of in the same sentence as Orton versus Cena. You know, to us. So that was cool to be able to be on the same show with them in the Hell in a Cell match. And knowing you're last is kind of a. But mm-hmm. you know, the thing is, it wasn't very weird. It wasn't like a, whoa, this is a strange thing. The, you know, nobody ever It wasn't like, a, okay, guys, you're going on last. Now, this is a big deal. What we're doing. Okay. Never... It was just like a, you're on fourth. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, you guys are on last. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> it, you know, we're just like kind of part of the team now and kind of. We're so comfortable. In that position, that you know anything else would be weird. I yeah, think. gotcha. You know, so it's like it's just normal now to me. I mean, that I mean, that was the only time you know I've been in a main event singles match, I guess. But but it wasn't weird to me. Or, like, I, d- weird. I didn't think anything you didn't of it. I finally made it. Yeah. yeah, I didn't think anything of it until a couple of days later when a couple of people mentioned it, and yeah, I was like, I guess I guess we were in the main event, weren't we? <laughs> well, yeah, and no, there was no Randy, no John. It was just us. Oh, okay. Cool. I like, didn't even really register, you <laughs> know. It was just, uh, just another day at the office kind of thing, I guess. Were you happy with the match? Yeah. Um, I mean, you can never uh I'm one of those you are probably the same way like you never be 100% satisfied yes. with something. And if you think about it too long or if you dare to go back and watch something, then you'll just nitpick it apart <laughs> and you'll hate, then you'll hate it. <laughs> yeah. So, I had a couple goals with it was just like I wanted it to not feel like a WWE match. In what way? Well, if you watch like John and Randy's on that, so it felt like a good WWE like, main event. Where they, they finish, finish the go, yeah. counter, same, you know, the stuff. And, you know, they've kind of uh, created and popularized and kind of uh, yes, what the WWE main event style is, I guess. Right. So, you know, but I wanted it to feel different. I wanted it to like feel a little bit dirtier. And grungier mm. and a little bit more you know, especially because it's you know it's hell in a cell it's supposed to be like an ugly thing mm-hmm. you know i want it to be ugly at certain points like a little bit uncomfortable like people are getting hurt right now mm. not people aren't smiling or doing trademark things just trying to two dudes like are, yeah that. two dudes are like trying to kill each other right now like this is a little bit uncomfortable I just wanted it to have a very stripped down feel mm. was kind of my vision for it mm. and I th- that feel I think we kind of accomplished that you know so was it your I idea to start on top of the cage yeah which why wouldn't you you know mm-hmm. well, I mean you could it's never been done before Oh, it totally has. Totally ripped to start off. start on top of the cage? Yeah, Mick Foley started on top of the cage. Oh, he cage. started on top? Wow. Yeah. That, yeah, that's how that was. Really?
0: Yeah. I don't remember that.
3: Really? How do you not remember that? I don't know. Come on.
0: <laughs> too many bumps. He <laughs> got dropped on my head too much. So it
3: was a homage to Mick then? Well, I mean, dude, just completely ripped off. I'm like, well, because, you know, how do you get it? How do you get out of the cell? Well, I don't, I just start on top of the cell. Why wouldn't I start on top of the cell? Mm-hmm. And you could debate for hours, which I did with myself and others. You know, do you do that at the end or do you do that at the start? Because sometimes, you know, you know, I thought of a I thought of a match I had. It was like in uh on an indie show. It was like a match with a guy named Jimmy Jacobs, mm-hmm. and we're uh on we're this match, we we get there earlier, and there's a balcony in the building, and uh, the guy who was the uh, was the booker at the time? I was like, "Hey, you know, we got this balcony. You know, if you guys, you know, you guys got like a hardcore match or something, you know, you can, uh, if you can figure out something to do out of the balcony. That might be really cool because it's there." I'm like, well, "I'm looking at the balcony, and you know, it's, it's pretty high. I don't know. It's like a fifteen, twenty foot balcony." I'm like, oh. and I had a vision in my head kind of of the match already. And I'm like, oh, "I gotta figure out a way to get up there, and <laughs> like, now I gotta, now I gotta cut out a giant chunk of my match to dedicate it to this balcony." Thing just to do the balcony And I'm like yeah Why don't we just start with the balcony
2: mm-hmm.
3: Very first thing So like we did Like I came out And then he just Jumped out of the balcony Into the ring Like a surprise attack Ah uh, like, gotcha the, So he didn't make it He made his entrance By jumping off the balcony <laughs> Which is the exact opposite Of what you're normally what Supposed, you're supposed to, do. to do You're supposed yeah. to build To the balcony Yeah, yeah. and uh, remember, remember the Guys Booker gave was like Well then what are you gonna do And I'm like Whatever we want, because everybody's going to be on their feet because they just saw a balcony dive. (laughs) It's over. Game over. We got them hooked. Yeah. Sometimes you just need to just come out swinging with a, You know, I don't care. I don't think you should have a formula. You know, the thing is everybody's, you know, there's a TV formula and a WWE formula, and there's such a formula. And I think the fans get conditioned to that formula, Mm -hmm. which probably makes it harder to, you know, shock them after a Mm -hmm. while because they – kind of get the formula hmm. like i like you know i don't know if any of my matches are ever any good but i like people to think at all times anything might happen hmm. whether it makes any sense or not I, I i like to just throw something in that doesn't make any sense hmm. on purpose just because nobody sees it coming and like oh that didn't make any sense why why, why didn't it what because i can get away with kind of anything because hmm. i just felt like grabbing a chair I don't know why, cause I felt like it. Why? <laughs> I, why did you put him in a? Why did you do that? I don't know. Why'd you go here? Do, yeah, I don't know. Like I like to always occasionally throw a, a left instead of a right, or go go right when I'm supposed to go left. Just because. It's a great point, though. You, you, yeah, you keep people on their toes. You know what I mean? Like when the lat you know, if you know, if you watch enough wrestling and you're watching a match, you can kind of tell. What's sure. going to happen next? If almost all shine, the time. Heel heat. Come yeah, you back, know where you are at. You know you're not. Finished. You know the the matches are going to end until mm-hmm. Kofi's done his hand slap gimmick, or mm-hmm. you know, or until John does the can see thing. Yeah. yeah, you know. You know it's not over until you see it. But like you know, real fights and boxing or in, or in UFC yeah. or, in, or in anything, anything can happen at any time. A match could just end. A dude could grab his leg and break it, you know. Like, there's there's a great uh, example of this in New J- or
0: all Japan. I'm sure you watched Japanese wrestling when they were having those classic matches with like Kawada and Misawa and uh, Kobayashi. They they'd, they'd uh, Kobayashi, sorry. They have like these 45 minute, 60 minute main events at Budokan every time. Classic mm-hmm. five star, five star, but the crowd would never react to the first 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes because they knew there's no way it's going to end this early. Then one night they did a match. can't remember who it was, a title match, and they ended it in two minutes and 45 seconds.
3: I feel like I know what you're talking about. And I've the whole crowd
0: was so like, what? And after that, every time there was a false finish throughout any t- any title match, they knew this could be it because it could end at any time.
3: Yeah, I love stuff like that. Me too, yeah. I love just keeping, you know, throwing out the rule book kind of yeah. thing. You know, like-,
0: like... What you said earlier about why does there always have to be a formula? It's a great great piece yeah, of advice. Does.
3: People don't remember, you know, the f- they don't they don't people don't go home after they came out to a show and they're not going, "Man, this I went to this awesome show dude where they they had this great well-paced match where the two guys started off with a lockup and then they they built to a to a drop kick and then <laughs> man it was awesome and I was sitting there I high-fived my friend, we chugged beer, I had a popcorn I bought a t-shirt and then they finally built to their crescendo, mm-hmm. you know, at, at the perfect time. No, they remember like People are going home tonight in Glasgow, and they're going, dude. Bray Wyatt went through the table, man. That was awesome. Yeah. yeah. And they, uh, Jericho and Ambrose did, did uh air guitars with chairs, <laughs> chair and a candlestick. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, brother got fell off the top rope, hit his head on the floor. I think he might have cracked his head open. It was cool. That's what they remember. They just remember yeah. big stupid. You're right. Gaga so, and big moves. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not. I'm not saying you know never have anything makes sense. I love when stuff makes perfect sense, but. You know, I don't. But by throwing sense, away the I mean, formula, that can make sense too. Yeah. Did you uh, did you like Lesnar and Cena at SummerSlam? You were there, right? Yes, I yeah, was yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, you were there.
0: Yes, I did. I did like it because nobody expected John Cena, the hero, to get his ass kicked for 15 minutes straight. Right. I thought that was very well done. <laughs> cool. Really that? liked it. I
3: loved it. I really liked it. I do
0: A if... lot of people 2nd guessing it, but I thought it was great. And also, I give John credit for going for it. Because a lot of guys in, in his position over the years would not have. Yeah, you know like I mean?
3: a, yeah. who would go like... I, You know, most top guys in history would be more likely to lose in two minutes than to just get beat up yeah. for 15 minutes.
0: What you said earlier, it's uncomfortable. It's like this guy just, just dying. Yeah. He won't, he's
3: getting killed. Yeah, I loved it. I was watching mm-hmm. it from the box, and it was very uncomfortable. And it, was, I loved it. I don't know if people liked it, people have problems with whatever. I just thought it was so different. Mm-hmm. And so unexpected that I, like, I was, I loved it. I was like, that's how you do it, man. You, give <laughs> yeah. a, you just do something ridiculous because everybody was talking about it. The that's next right. Day. They didn't, you know, th- they didn't go through the paces of the normal back and forth. Because you can see that anywhere. You can see it yeah. on the WWE Network. That's why You it can worked. see a million of those matches. like and German
0: suplex after German suplex. He's only given three. Now he's given these, like, 16 or whatever it was. It's like, oh, my God, like, enough. Yeah. Stop. Stop. Stop really, the yeah, fight.
3: Because you definitely went home that night and went, dude, what what happened in the... What happened on the SummerSlam? Oh, dude, he gave him sixteen freak. It was ridiculous. You know, kicked
0: John Cena's ass. Cena's the guy who he's the Superman. They always say wasn't no Superman that night.
3: Yeah, you know,
0: and once again, builds Brock as a killer, builds Cena as a sympathetic babyface, which you don't see a lot of. And then even the next night, he came out and beat up the entire Wyatt family, and there was people so angry, getting tweets and texts it's like, "Are you mad that you just lost to Wyatt and then Cena just beat up?" No, because that's the story that we're telling, and everybody plays a part in every night's story. Yeah, you know. And tomorrow night, Wyatt's guys will kill somebody else, but for this night, Cena needed a big comeback. I, th- I think Vince felt that. You know, I love stuff like that, man. You know, why not?
3: Yeah, we're. Uh, I remember we, we were watching. Uh we were in fcw we we're watching you know some like smackdown from 2002 or three mm-hmm. or something it was, it was like a six man or a tag or something with like edge and eddie and ray the smackdown and the, six yeah that kind of crew with, we were watching watchable angle yeah we probably. were watching some of that kind of stuff and they were doing like we you know, get told all this stuff. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't go to the floor if you're in the first match. Don't do this if you're whatever. And the, mm-hmm. and they were just doing everything. They were making a million save. You know, it'd be a you only get one save. You don't don't you got? Don't bury the ref. You got to gotta all these. And they were doing everything. Mm-hmm. There was a million saves. They were outside of the ring. They were doing a million dives. And the place was going nuts the whole time. It's just dudes who are really good wrestlers, just getting let loose and just doing whatever Having and fun. just just film it. Mm-hmm. here's the wrestling film it let's not worry about it or try to overthink it or overanalyze it just film yeah. it and it's awesome and we were just going like these guys don't give it they don't give a blah you know yeah. they don't they don't give a blah blah <laughs> they don't care they're just going for it like what oh that must have been i don't know you know i'm sure you guys when you're like well, mean, if you're wrestling like benoit or eddie or whatever on a pay-per-view i mean you guys probably could you of do whatever you want, right? As well, far so, as, you know, so, formula...
0: Sometimes we had, like, you know, time constraints and stuff. The thing that was so cool about the SmackDown years, and I wasn't there because I was on Raw, was Heyman was in control, and he had total control. Like, Vince obviously signed off on stuff, but as far as the matches and stuff, and Paul with the Kool-Aid, and the attitude of we have to be the better show... Because there was a real Raw versus SmackDown. It was like two separate teams. We are better than Raw. You can just hear him talking right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I think he would let those guys, you guys, go out there for 20 minutes. They're lazy. Yes, they're lazy. (laughs) They're stuck within the confines of the WWE system. You go out there, be you guys for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, three segments, four segments, and tear down the house. That's all I'm asking. Just steal the show. And that's why they were able to do that. Because like you said, there's no chains. And they all knew each other. They are all great workers. They all had great chemistry man what a what a pleasure what more do you need you know
3: yeah right it's,
0: it's, it's kind of you know it's kind of what you were talking about with the the chemistry you had with some of the guys that you worked with with the shield and with Daniel and Usos and you know and Punk and those guys but um, but dude I, I want to ask you the one last question it's kind of a hard one what is uh, your favorite match that you've ever had or a few of them throughout your career
3: oh that I've been in yeah that you've been oh, in oh that's so hard it's hard for a couple of reasons. One, because I don't like to be so self-righteous. <laughs> like, oh, this match is so great. Cause...
0: No, but when you left the ring, you felt like that was pretty cool.
3: Yeah, and, and it's like they're your babies, you know. You can't sure. like one more than the other. So,
0: Is there a few of them? Even ones yeah. outside of the WWE?
3: Yeah, I mean, if I had to pick a a couple here, would be our first uh, ever match was a TLC match on pay-per-view. Wow. That was... It was us, The Shield versus uh, Brian Kane and Ryback. Mm-hmm. It was a TLC match. It was the first time we ever wrestled. Wow. We just done a few weeks of beatdowns or whatever. So, you know, and there's a certain expectation for, for a TLC match, and it's got to be good, and there's a lot that can go wrong because there's a lot of moving parts, you know. So one big, long chain. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, that was one of those things where it's like, this is a Hail Mary shot in the dark hopefully this goes really well mm-hmm. and it went really really well mm-hmm. so the, and it was in the first show ever in barclays center in brooklyn mm, brooklyn so we kind of that'll kind of be like you know one of my favorite buildings always because it kind of like opened that building up you know with, yeah, uh, yeah. a sick match you know and uh so that you know that'll always have a special kind of place uh you know I me mean, uh you know there's so many untelevised ones probably the, my favorite match i've ever had with uh with Seth, one of them would be wouldn't have ever been televised. It was this past time we went to Japan, and it was really uh, in Tokyo. Yeah, it was Suma Hall, it was the second night that second was sold night. out. That Claudio is was claiming wasn't sold out. He's the <laughs> only uh, only wrestler I've ever seen that that's like no, it wasn't sold out. There was at least a hundred. Uh, no, the, if you could see the. No, top, it was not sold out. And I'm like, dude, don't take this away from me. I've been <laughs> telling people that I weren't sold out sumo hall in tokyo you're the only guy who's at, i mean there'd be 20 people there and oh sold out brother, exactly, brother. oh hanging from only. the like a freaking cesaro
0: <laughs> it was not sold out no. yeah but shut that,
3: up that was i mean we've wrestled a million times but that mm-hmm. was like one of those things where uh it's cool when you go to these other countries and stuff like we're in europe now or whatever and you feel uh place you've never been or haven't been much and you feel like a kind of a special connection with the people for some reason mm-hmm. that's different than the states and i don't know why maybe it's because we don't come through here I a lot i think
0: that's it a lot of it
3: or yeah, yeah and uh that you know how the, the jet Jap- and you know when you go to the japan tours it's cool because that's the one place where you can kind of do a little bit different psychology mm-hmm. and do some different stuff that doesn't work that kind of goes over people's heads or that they don't or just isn't the best route to go, right. you know, if you're in you know Duluth, Minnesota, yeah. as opposed to Tokyo. Mm-hmm. So, like, mean, you know, we and Seth have a million spots and a million stuff that we do, and you know, a bazillion greatest. Isn't that hits. great
0: when you have that? Like, That's us the backdrop spot. Yeah, to the, and the that, hip know, spot. And we've
3: been doing house shows for you know every night for weeks, and then you know we get to Tokyo, and then we kind of realize. And I remember, I think it was like, I can't remember who's in the main event, but it was something where we were like, we were right before admission, and we're like. We're gonna kill the rest of the show, mm-hmm. and it was like an unspoken, like sold out. Mm-hmm. No, it's not Zuma sold out. Hall. We're under the we're under the belief that it's sold out. <laughs> we know this crowd's gonna be. So it was like everything we've ever done, with like three more twists added to it. Mm-hmm. It was like the most longest, complicated, exhausting match <laughs> ever. But like it all just went perfectly. It was like one of those nights that are like you where. That night was probably the most over I've ever felt anywhere in my yeah. life. Like I felt like I, you know it was you know because it's in Japan too, where you can add in like some comedy spots mm-hmm. and some kind of self-deprecating comedy spots where you screw up on purpose, kind of thing, and you're like, oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, British stuff and and the fact that it's Japan just, too, yeah, man. Yeah, that was probably the night where I felt like I've had the closest connection with any audience, mm-hmm. where you really every little tug on the string, they're going with you, and you're just kind of oh. like. You know where I felt beloved and welcomed, and mm-hmm. they're they're with you respected, the whole time. yeah. And it was there was just like one of those special lightning in the bottle kind of kind of mm-hmm. things, you know. And that's I mean, we work three hundred nights a year, you know. I mean, most of the stuff isn't film, TV. Sometimes is the worst stuff because it's short, well, always, and it's for TV, and always. it's for the angle. And
0: it's very rare to have a great match on TV, you know, very rare unless they give you two or three segments. There's it's, it's I'm not gonna say impossible, but it's very rare. Yeah, it's, you know, it's harder. Yeah, much sure. harder. There's A lot of restrictions. You know. Well, cool man. Yes, I mean it's, a, it's, it's great to talk to you. It's so uh What's it, yours? a uh, mine? Yeah. Gun to head, I'd have to say Michael's Jericho uh ladder match at Unforgiven two thousand and eight mm. um for the world title. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah, and yeah. the
0: reason why is because not well the match was amazing in my in my opinion, but it was the journey that got us there. Because we was Sean and I were working Uh, Sorry, Sean and Batista were working. I was the guest referee. I was supposed to turn on Sean that night, and that would be my big heel turn. And then next month, we'd have a pay-per-view match, and that would be it. We both knew that wasn't right. We kind of, whatever happened, happened. Changed the finish a bit, and there was a little mystery. Sean tweaked his knee. I wasn't sure if he was really hurt or not. That's what kicked off the Jericho's anti-hypocrite promo. And then it was... April, and then May, and then June, and then July, then August. That's when I hit his wife, punched his wife, Rebecca, oh, yeah. for, for, for real by mistake. But that took it to a completely different world. Then it was September, then October. We had uh, a title match, main event in a pay-per-view, ladder match that was the culmination of this amazing six- or seven-month feud that was never supposed to be. And that's why I love that match, because that storyline was the best thing I've ever done in my career. And that was the culmination of it in the main event, you know. And the cool thing was even Metallica's "All Nightmare Long" was the theme song for. The oh movie. yeah, yeah. So that was even better. Oh
3: yeah, and your buddies with, with everybody, the- just <laughs> name dropping, just been name dropping. Yeah, All to- I'm just telling <laughs> you, hey kids, I was just hanging out with Slash and Axel yeah, It was great. Yeah. And- <laughs>
0: But there's actually stories, but it's not name dropping if you have a story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, thanks, man. This has been awesome.
3: No, totally, man. Very, very
0: cool. Let's go downstairs and have some uh, LaPour.
3: Oh, the La La LaPoi. That's it, LaPoi. It did me in last night. Gregouts. Well,
0: we love you. Let me tell you something, people. You have made us feel awesome
1: tonight. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play.
0: Hey, thanks to Dean Ambrose, man. What a cool interview that was. So much fun. I really enjoyed it. Thanks to all of you for listening. I know that you have thousands of podcasts to schwaze from, and I appreciate you schwazing mine. I appreciate you following me. I appreciate uh, you checking out the Center Block Party Tour. If you live in St. Pete, Tampa, come check us out tonight at the State Theater. And if you live in Toronto, this Sunday, I will be at Heroes in Woodbridge, Ontario for a meet and greet, an autograph signing, a book signing, and a live Talk is Jericho podcast. My friend Damien from Effed uh, Up, Canadian band, is going to be interviewing me in front of all of you. And I guarantee you will dig this. Uh, you will dig it. He's going to ask me some great questions. He's going to be uh, digging this deep. Nothing is off limits. We're going to have some fun with that. That's Sunday, December 14th uh, at 3 p.m. 39 01 Highway 7 in Woodbridge, Ontario, across from the Chapters Indigo. Go to WoodbridgeHeroes.ca for ticket information and for all info about that. And of course, on Monday, I will be returning to Raw for one night. I'll be the general manager, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna stir some crap up, man. I'm gonna r- r- rule with an iron fist. All right, you know I can rule with an iron fist, and I ain't talking about Motorhead. So listen, uh, don't forget to next week. Episode number 100 is coming up. Oh, geez. It's a lot of pressure. I don't have anybody. I mean, I have no ideas on who I can get to be my 100th guest. But until I figure that out, I'm going to do some Christmas shopping. You can, too. If you want to finish up your holiday shopping, you know where to go, say it with me now. Amazon, of course. You know how to use my links. Talk is Jericho. You know how to do it. Say it with me. Go to PodcastOne.com and click the Keep a Podcast Free banner. PodcastOne.com and click on the Keep a Podcast Free banner. PodcastOne.com and click on the All oh, Podcast Free banner at the top of the page. Eh? Click on Talk is Jericho. You'll see all three of my Amazon links, UK, USA, and Canada. A. Eh? I bet there's someone on your gift-giving list who would love to have a of the new Fozzie record, Do You Want to Start a War? Or maybe a copy of my new book, Best in the World, at what I have no idea. Or maybe you want to read Paul Stanley's book, for example, Face the Music, A Life Exposed. It's a great rock and roll memoir. doesn't matter what you buy. If you do it through my Amazon links, Amazon will kick back a little cash to the show so we can keep doing this for you for free for a week. No extra fees or hidden challenges. You're just getting your shopping done, helping me out in the process. Easiest way to support the show. All right. Uh, That's it for this week. Thank you so much to Dean Ambrose. He was amazing. Uh, until next next Wednesday, I want you to stay hard, stay hungry, peace, love, and hugs. See you next week for my special 100th episode podcast.
3: Some people might have a little rock and roll pneumonia.
2: And
0: who's the guest going to be? I think if you have a brain with, this, with the clues I've been leaving, uh, people have been asking me since I started the show, who is your dream podcast guest? And I've given one name. And uh, I got that guy. From my 100th episode And I'm so stoked, so excited My biggest hero in life besides my father uh, I've been trying to get this guy forever I finally made it happen and He's one of my heroes He's the hero, he's the guy And if you know me, then I'm sure you know exactly Who I'm talking about So enjoy the weekend See you back here next Wednesday for episode 100 Where the guest will be you want some more? Yeah, The star child himself Paul Stanley will be here for episode 100 in one of the best interviews I've ever done. I got him, man. Paul Stanley, episode 100. We'll see you on Wednesday. And a big,
2: yeah, people! How you doing, people? How you
1: doing, people? You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at Podcast podcast1.com. That's podcastone.com.
0: When you're ready to buy a car, TrueCar is changing car buying forever. Yes, True Car helps car buyers get rid of the fear that they might overpay. Every day, True Car users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. And True Car users save an average of $3,221 off MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these three easy steps. First download the True Car mobile app or go to TrueCar.com to find out what others paid for the car you want, then register to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. Then it's the third step. Very simple. Take your guaranteed savings certificate to the True Car certified dealer for a better hassle-free car buying experience. Now some features are not available in all states, but with True Car you can save time, save money, and never overpay. Never overpay. To see how much you can save on the car you want, simply download the True Car mobile app or visit True truecar.com today go do it now
1: gearheads know that some projects need so many parts it feels like you need a whole storage unit just to store them that's what ebay motors 122 million parts are for think of it as your virtual parts garage they've always got the right fitment at the right prices use the ebay motors app or visit eBayMotors.com. let's ride
2: at metro by t-mobile you can save more now that you need it the most Get one line of unlimited 5G for just $40, period. Taxes and fees included. That's the lowest price in prepaid. Plus, choose from the largest selection of free 5G phones from brands you love, like Samsung. Switch now and save more. Only at Metro. If congested, the fraction of users greater than 35 gigabytes per month may notice reduced speeds, and Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus T-Mobile due to prioritization. Video streams in SD requires eligible port in. See store for details.